everyone. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm here with Cindy Darnell, one of Australia's leading sex and relationship therapists, and we're helping you navigate your sex, dating, and relationship questions. Topics include how to know if an alternative relationship will work in the long term. Should you ever confess to cheating? What to do when your sex drives just don't match up and why you can't orgasm even though you think you've tried everything. All this and more. Thanks for listening. I've been so excited to welcome a ton of new listeners, not just because it's great to see the Sex with Emily family grow, but because I can introduce you all to the one product that changed the sex toy world, the Magic Wand. The Magic Wand appeared on the scene more than 30 years ago as the premier massage wand, and it's been the worldwide bestseller ever since. There's a reason they call it magic. It's perfect for any intimate occasion, from solo use to mutual masturbation to couples play. It will make your orgasm better than you can imagine. And don't be surprised if you have more than one. Whether you choose the proven power of the corded original or the portable pleasure of the Magic Wand Rechargeable, there's nothing like this iconic masterpiece. Yes, I just called a vibrator iconic. But I mean it. So if this is the first time you're hearing about the Magic Wand, welcome to the party. Get yours today by clicking on the Magic Wand banner on my site or by visiting magicwandoriginal.com. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily. You got a boyfriend? Because my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. You know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com where you can check out the website. Every day we got new blogs, we got videos, we have a lot happening there. Also, you guys, I love when you subscribe and review the show on iTunes. It really helps the show, and I appreciate you guys taking a few minutes to do that and letting us know what you think of the show. And also, you can follow me on social media across the board. It's all at Sex with Emily, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. And I'm not just asking you guys to follow me, like just because, like, it'd be cool to have you and like have a number, another number. But when you guys like join me on Facebook and social media, you can be part of the conversation that we're having here. And you can share what you're learning from my podcasts and the blogs, like with your friends, your lovers. Um, and also, I'd love to hear your insights and all that. So you could be helping like a fellow Sex with Emily listener by like sharing your views and thoughts and opinions and all that. So I appreciate it. Thank you for connecting with me. And thank you for supporting the show. Also, sexwithemily.com slash podcast, you guys. I've been doing this for 12 years and I've got so many podcasts that aren't even on iTunes. So you can find them all there on the website and subscribe to our newsletter. I know it's the last thing you subscribe to two things I'm asking you, the podcast and the newsletter. People like our newsletters. Once a week, we send them out. People are like, I really liked your email, Emily. Like, I'm like, you read it? People read them. They're fun. They sum up what's happening here. We send you some more, um, the podcast, some tips, some blogs, all that stuff. So that's what I got for you. I'm dying to welcome my guest. She flew around the world just to be here with me today. I <laughs> no, you were here for other reasons, but Cindy Darnell, is one of Australia's leading sex and relationship therapists. She is amazing. I've been hearing about her through my good friend, Elle Chase, sex educator, who's also here in the room for years. And she just explained, she said, she's like the Emily Morris in Australia. 
Cindy, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. We have a lot of listeners in Australia. And you're just so impressive. Everything you've done, Thank I've like you, been you're impressive with your also. website, your blogs, and all your, your your amazing stuff you've going on. It's super impressive, and I'm glad that I you're here and that you you made it into the studio. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. I love I love 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 being in the U.S. I really adore this country. How so thanks for having me. Of course, I'm here for a month. A month. A month. In LA? Whole, no, no, no. Oh, then you're going to New York for the fancy speaking thing you're doing. Right? Yes, I'm going to the Omega Institute. Congratulations, in New York for uh, the 16th to 18th of June, running a workshop for two and a half days for couples so called can, Sacred Sexuality. Okay, and people mm-hmm. can sign up for that? And the on the Omega website, or if they can't find it on the Omega website, my website, cindydarnell.com, under Upcoming Events, it's listed there. Okay, cool. And this all your information will be on our website as well with Fantastic. this podcast, with this yeah. post. So tell me a little about yourself, because you have an interesting like niche, like connecting with like couples and, and singles mm-hmm. and working people in relationships. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about how you... Like I wanted to sign up on your website. Oh, good! Stuff. Like I was like, "Wow, you really can help people with anything." You know, I really can. like you actually see you see patients, clients. When yeah, you, I cli- see clients. Clients one on one, one on couples. one, two on one. Yep. So yeah, tell mm-hmm. me tell me a little bit about how you work. So I I call myself a sex and relationship therapist. That's the most accurate description, I guess, for what I do. And what that means is I work in a therapeutic context. So I'm a qualified psychotherapist, but I specialized in sex and relationships because it's something that I think a lot of people still really struggle with, particularly in Australia, around the world as well, because it is such a taboo. And a lot of relationship therapists tend to not want to do or they've not been trained in managing sex stuff, because I think the, the narrative that is so common is that sex and relationships are the same thing. And that if you're a relationship therapist, then you must also be a sex therapist. And they're actually really quite different fields. They're complementary, but they're not exactly the same, like coffee and milk. You know, they go great together, but they don't. you don't need to have them together. Right. You can have them separately. So um, my interest in sexuality and relationships has been... Um, I think it really started in sexuality about 20-something years ago. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Annie Sprinkle and Barbara Carellas when I was very, very young. And um, Barbara Carellas and I in particular formed a very strong friendship back then. And so she's been a mentor to me for many, many years. And so much of the work that I do has been influenced by her ideas and values. And even though she's not a therapist... She's very much someone that I credit with kickstarting my career in Australia 20 years ago in this wow. field. So I've gone on since then. For since people who don't know who Barbara Carellis is, could you? So Barbara Carellis is um, from New York and she's the author of Urban Tantra, among other things. And she also is, I think, one of the world's leading tantra experts. And she's also one of the world's pioneers in teaching Tantra from a non-gender specific aspect. So she has sort of blown the whole idea of sort of divine masculine and divine feminine Mm -hmm. out of the water and has really pioneered a whole new approach to Tantra, which is all gender inclusive. And she's amazing. And her partner is Kate Bornstein, who is well known for being a very well-loved trans activist and most recently on the Caitlyn Jenner uh, reality shows. Yeah, so yeah. They've both been kind so of it started with my the, aunties, my right. sex aunties. I love it. And, but they're, but they're, and they, they were here, but you've you've stayed in touch with them over the years. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it started with with that, and then you you got your degree in therapy. Yeah. So I went and studied um, 
therapy first. I was just a regular, you know, garden variety psychotherapist first. And then I found that the uh, the therapeutic community in Australia and in internationally is on, on many levels quite conservative, especially when it comes to sex, because there's a lot of misunderstandings about even the concept of what, what is sex, what is normal sex, who has it, who's allowed to have it, um, and the notions around all the taboos and what's allowed and what's not allowed really throws people. And because, you know, we've all pretty much grown up in some version of a sex negative culture, if you haven't learned to talk about sex in helpful and meaningful ways, even if you're a trained therapist, you can be trying to be helpful with your clients and still make mistakes if you're feeding in to old ideas that are limiting and and shaming of people's sexuality. And I don't just mean their orientation. I mean their practices, what right. they actually do. But the relationship that I, I but the relationship therapists do, I agree because yeah. I feel like people that it is so different and that I actually think a lot from a lot of my listeners who call and who who email the show, I'm like they just need people need sex therapy more than yeah. they need relationship therapy. Yeah, well, that, so, yeah, it's it's complementary. It is complementary, but the but fact that you know both thing. and most, and I understand that most relationship therapists really don't. They don't. It's a whole different. They really don't. And how would you explain? I think you do it well on your website, but how could you explain the difference? What someone would get from relationship therapy and sex therapy. Well, it would depend on the problem that they're having because I think we all get tricked into different beliefs about sex and relationships because of the narratives that we are taught from a very young age. And this happens through movies and books and news and just, you know, common assumptions about how things are. And I think one of the biggest things is that intimacy and eroticism are are the same and they're really not. Because you can have intimacy that is very sort of vulnerable, making heart connected, all that kind of, you know, yummy, mushy, security oriented stuff. And that can actually put out the fire of eroticism for a lot of people. Cancels it out, right. And that can be problematic for people in long-term relationships, particularly people in long-term monogamous relationships. How do we navigate that space between uh, wanting to feel safe and wanting to feel hot? You know, So this is where it becomes a particular skill in dancing between those two points on the spectrum and what is possible and also engaging people in conversations about what's normal because I think a lot of folks get very, very invested in being normal as in sort of in contrast with being content that people really want to be normal. They Like, you know, they'll say to me, how often should we be having mm-hmm. sex? You know, and they want some sort of like, you know, 1.7 times a week or whatever. And And instead, well, I'll say to them, first of all, what kind of sex are you talking about? And then it's like, why do you, why do you want to be normal? Why do you care what other people are doing? What is it, what matters to you? And people get, spend so much energy on trying to be normal and very little energy on trying to be content or trying to be happy. so true. And it takes them away it distracts them from where they could actually find the contentment that they're looking for absolutely i mean there's so many things in what you just said i'm like i want to talk about all of them because i i do feel like well first of all we get you know hundreds of emails here a day questions and i feel like everybody just like at the end of the day like am i normal is it okay Mm -hmm. just tell me i'm okay Mm -hmm. tell me okay it's It's the number one question right like is it normal and it's like it's like how does it feel to you obviously if it's harmful to your life if something's you know if you're for example, with porn, if you're watching too much porn and mm-hmm. it's a problem if you can't go to work and you can no longer have an sure. erection, or then then we could talk about it. But most things people are worried about are they're fine. It's okay to express mm-hmm. your sexuality, yeah. giving people permission mm-hmm. to find out what is hot for them and yeah. what works for them. Yeah. So I think that's that's such a great 
interesting way to, to describe it like that. Why, why does everyone really care? And I was like, you're fine. You're mm-hmm. fine. Don't trip on it. But also when you're talking about working with couples, so like one of like the top questions we get asked and probably things that you deal with is libidos, like mismatched libidos in couples yeah. because of what happens in that long-term re- relationship where intimacy does kind of, you know, stamp out desire yeah. and they all cancel, you know, we get close and comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. we become one, but yet yeah, we don't want to have sex with our partners. And people always say, you know, and then they go to a relationship therapist only. Yes. And I'm like, what do you just keep talking about the same issues over and over again? And you're never going to get down into yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing with sex therapy, you kind of help them untangle that, probably resu- remove resentments that have built up over time. Or, yeah. And, but then also in dealing with, it's interesting, intimacy versus eroticism. So if they come to you and they're like, well, I don't even know what you mean, but like, do you help them identify what's erotic to them and share yes. fantasies and stuff like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Well, yes. And I don't necessarily think that sharing fantasies is always the helpful thing not to do. Not all fantasies. Yeah. So sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not. But helping people work out what it is that turns them on. That's in what contrast, I meant by fantasy. Yeah. But in contrast with what it is ways. they want to have in a relationship because- what we lust after sometimes can be very different to what we want in a partner, in a life partner. And that is, I think, a relatively common uh, quandary for folks. And it's something that we are not equipped to manage because our sex and relationships education at school doesn't navigate that ambiguity, you know. And for a lot of people, what's hot is the ambiguity, is that area of, oh, I don't know about this. And that for a lot of people is sexy. Do you want to open a bank account with someone that makes you feel (laughs) a bit unsafe? Not necessarily, but it can be a real turn on to go, oh, you know, what is it about this person that's so intoxicating, but we're not going to get a mortgage together. Exactly. So So. how do you keep them? So what is it with, I know it's not just one answer, but how do you help couples fan those flames again and feel like get that ambiguity back when mm. they're like we've been living together and we own a house and have six children yeah look it's it's not easy I can tell you that but it does involve what I call a degree of self-inquiry so you need to go back and look at what your motivations for having sex are now yeah I you think said okay let's go back to that so they have to think about they have to think about what their motivation is so if they are looking for a motivation that is what you know like lust oriented that they want to feel that lusty kind of hot energy that you feel when you first meet somebody, you might not get that again in a long-term relationship. I'm not saying that you won't, but you might not. So I often refer to it as that kind of um, intention of sitting at the, you're trying to get to a destination, but you're sitting at a bus stop and you're waiting for a bus that never comes because you're waiting to feel in the mood. You're waiting to feel hot. You're waiting to feel excited. And that bus isn't coming. And in the meantime, you're sitting at the bus stop and all these cars are going past and Ubers are going past and your friends are going past, taxis, everybody's going, you know, do you want to ride? Do you want to ride? And you're like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to sit here and wait for the bus. And you sit and you sit and you sit and you wait for years for this bus that never comes. And in any other situation, if you had a destination to get to, you would you would walk if you had to get mm-hmm. there. But for some reason, when it comes to sex, we are so invested and having lust be the motivator that we will sit and wait for that bus even if it doesn't come. Right. And we don't even investigate what, yeah. And we don't investigate other modes of transport. If we want to get to a place, we might have to get there in a bunch of different ways. And if that bus isn't coming, that's going to be okay. How else can we get there? Can we catch a ride with somebody else? Uber, taxi, whatever. 
And that's the thing with sex is that folks get really locked into it. It has to look a certain way and it has to be a certain way and it has to be like it is in the movies or it has to be like it was when I was 16. And um, it's like, it, and it's maybe it's not, not going to be You that break way. that down. You break Absolutely. down Absolutely. And that can myths. take a bit of while. Oh, yeah, it does. I mean, I, w- I was going to ask you about, because sex education here is abysmal. Mm. We don't get any sex education. In Australia, it's the same. So, yeah, I mean, Australia, because I, I told you, like, we do have so many, hello to all my Australian listeners <laughs> um, and all my listeners, but... But yeah, I was just wondering why the huge influx lately also of listeners, I don't know if like, like what you're saying is it just even you're it's less there, even less education, less. Uh, I don't know that it's less, but it's just it's, sex is not something that's necessarily socially talked about. I right. mean, there's a, there's a presence of sex um, in the media. But it tends to not be especially robust. It tends to be very kind of light and it tends to be sort of very focused on being normal. Um, There's not a great exploration of sort of alternative sex practices or alternative relationships. That is slowly starting to happen. But folks are still, you know, trying to playing the normal game, I think, in a lot of ways. And slowly, slowly, that's going to start opening up when we get more access to more information. Right. Is there anything that you see as a difference, though, between um, you've spent a lot of time in the States and and Australia that's Mm -hmm. kind of a different kind of approach to sex besides not talking about it? Is there anything, I don't know, trends or things have come up lately that you're like, oh, that's interesting in Australia? Um, I think. Or is it all the same? It's it's pretty (laughs) much all the same in terms of the information that's fed to us through the media is similar to what's going on here. But in terms of like when I teach classes in Australia and when I teach classes in the U.S., I'm often amazed at how much more open Americans are with their personal information in public spaces. Right? Australians would never, ever oh my God, ask we are those so- kinds of questions in public. They would come up one at a time and, you know, I'll be at an event for an hour and a half afterwards answering questions one right. by one that or- would happen in a public forum in the U.S., we're like, I was having yeah. anal last yeah, night yeah, with my yeah. girlfriend. Like Australians and, right. would never, 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 never do that. Right, no right, way. right, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. But really, it's just sex. It's just this big enigma with sex that I agree with what you're saying, that we all think we will work on every other part of our life. Yeah. We'll, anything we want to be good at or we want to strive, we want to achieve goals, like we'll work really hard on our career, on our health. Like if we want to like run a marathon, we'll train yeah. for that, our spirituality. But sex is like this mystical thing that we believe should just be amazing and perfect all the time because mm-hmm. it was really good during that glorious honeymoon phase of the mm-hmm. first few months. Mm-hmm. And it's magic. People think of sex as being this magical yeah. thing and when it's gone, it's poof. Yeah. And it's just like, I spend so much time, you know, as I'm sure you do, just trying to get people to really, even just yes. the basics of yeah, it, like yeah, yeah. it's going to take some work. The bus, you're going to have mm-hmm. to look at where you're going, mm-hmm. but it's like fun. It's like, this is an interesting kind of work. This is the best kind of work you could do. Yeah. It'll help every other area of your life. Mm-hmm. So I just, and also fight. I think it's a process. I mean, it never ends. You know, I've been studying sex in various forms for over 20 years and I still feel like I don't know everything. Right. I know a lot of stuff, but then I think I get to a point where I know a thing and then it changes and I'm like, ah. Oh. Actually, no, it's right. not that. Exactly. It's something else. But what about the clitoris thing that just came out the other day? I'm like, I thought I knew everything. I'm like, it's nothing new to to us, but that there's now they found out that the clitoris is actually internal as well. It was yeah. like a study. I'm like, mm-hmm. we knew this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But great that they're still studying it. At least yeah. it's not those like the G-spot does exist, doesn't exist yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what are these are the stupidest studies you could ever do? But <laughs> but like, let's talk about the clitoris. Like, oh, did you sure. see this? It was like a few days ago. They're just like... I don't even know. It was a study. But we've known for a while that it's internal. We know. We know the clitoral (laughs) legs and internal and, you know, I mean, do you do that with, are you explaining to them? Because I would think that just a lot of women, I know, they don't even understand their bodies or where to go or masturbation. Absolutely. Do you give them homework assignments? Yeah. Well, that's why I made my video series, The Atlas of Erotic (sighs) Anatomy and Arousal. Oh. 
which is based on that kind of information, explaining to people how their bodies work from a pleasure perspective and not a reproduction perspective. Right. So that's one of my real bugbears that I... In Australia, the term sex and relation, uh, sorry, sex and reproductive health is thrown around a lot. I don't know if that's a phrase here. Yeah, it is. But the emphasis is on reproduction. And the truth is, who has sex for reproduction? Very few people. Oh my God. Very, very few people. First of all, not sexy. It's, well, it's not very sexy. <laughs> and if, you know, you think about the, all the times that you've had sex in your life, Emily, and certainly all the times I've had sex in my life, how many of those times have been to make a baby? Never. See, there you go. Right. So the emphasis on sex being for reproduction, especially when it comes to women's sexuality, it's so glossed over with this fertility story. Right. And it, there's no room for women to escape from that narrative and, and create a new narrative that's about pleasure. Exactly. So it's that is a really big thing that has to change. And when they don't even know what's going on with their with their vulvas with their clitoris, and their clitoris. Well, this is the thing. Okay, so the internal clitoris or that mm-hmm. thing you never knew you you never knew you had. So now it came out. Even in 2017, there's still so much about women's anatomy that we're not talking mm-hmm. about. For example, most of us probably don't know that there's more to our clitoris than the little rosebud shape. Now, we know this little mm-hmm. shape knob, but now they're talking about the internal cl- uh, clitoris, which I don't really, I actually didn't read. Okay, let's see. It's bigger than you think. External circulus, you know, we, we know all this, but I don't know why this study just came out. But hmm. but I'm glad that it did, that yeah. people don't know. And there know. needs to be more conversation about this. I know. I mean, it says there's it's not so a lot of understood about it. Thank important. God that they're, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're, I'm like, okay, welcome to the party. Yeah. But you're right. Women Have do need to understand Have you seen my ring? Oh my God. I was looking. Okay. So I've been looking at your <laughs> ring and I thought it was like a wishbone, which is, see, talk about that. It was the clearest. I'm like, and I was just going to compliment you on your ring. Yeah. I freaking want that. Where'd you get it? It's gorgeous. Penelope Jones, I think is her surname. Uh, she's a jewelry designer in New York. And uh, she makes hi, these. Hi, a clitoris. I can't even yeah. speak anymore. Yeah, it's called I a clittering. Can I try it? A clittering? Clittering. Mm-hmm. Penelope Jones. Penelope with an eye at the oh end. Oh my God, it's gorgeous. Isn't that amazing? And, so other- and it comes in the gold color and then silver color. Oh my God. I have really wide fingers. Nothing ever fits me. Okay. Oh, aren't you I lucky? Know. You know what they mean? Wide fingers, really wide clitoris. Does that mean anything? Oh, I love it. Okay, so I'm really obsessed with this clitoral ring and your other ring yeah. too. They're beautiful jewelry. Thank you. Gorgeous. You're stunning. Thank um, you, darling. Okay, so where were we? Clitorises, clitorises so, everywhere. Clitorises. We should put clitorises up on the wall because they're pretty little pink. We have little lips on the wall, but yeah. maybe we could just decorate with um, with with clitorises and such. I think that's a great idea. Okay, Cindy Darnell, I love that you're here. This is We're just getting started. This is just like our foreplay. Oh. You're going to stay. We're going to do some sex in the news. We're going to answer some questions from the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, we're going to take a quick break, give a shout out to our sponsors. Thank you so much for supporting them and helping keeping the show free. I love you all. We'll be right back. Hey, want to try some lube for free? Of course you do. Well, my friends at Joe want to send you some. You know Joe makes all the best lubes from their great spring flavors to the organic natural love collection. Now's your chance to not only try my favorite formulas, but to help Joe shape the lubes of the future. All you need to do is join their sample review program. Here's how it works. Go now to systemjoe.com sample, answer a few questions, and Joe will send you your first set of samples. After you've had a chance to try them, take a short survey and share your feedback. That's it. To get started, click on the System Joe banner on my site or visit systemjoe.com sample today. Ladies, it's back. 
The legendary womanizer, you know, the one I named the clit whisperer, is once again here to bring you orgasms like you've not experienced before. The Womanizer W500 Deluxe is the latest version of the product that has changed everything. Just in case you haven't heard me talk about the Womanizer, here's a little refresher. First, don't let the name fool you. It's not meant to remind you of that douchey guy at the bar. Quite the contrary. Trust me, this is the only Womanizer you want to take home. It looks kind of like a sexy ear thermometer. You know, if a thermometer could be sexy, you get the point. It has a circular silicone opening that you place over your clitoris. Then, using its patented pleasure air technology, the Womanizer's gentle suction and pulses of air indirectly stimulate your clitoris, the same way your partner would use their mouth. The result? Intense orgasms, sometimes in as quick as one minute. That's right, you may have a 60-second orgasm, or three. Seriously, this thing will rock your world. The Womanizer is so amazing, I even made a short film about it. Just search for The Whisperer on sexwithemily.com. To order yours, click on the Womanizer banner on my website or visit womanizershop.com today. Okay, I'm here with Cindy Darnell. She is Australia's finest, leading trusted therapist, relationship educator, everything in Australia. You are the you're the go-to sex person. Thank you. I yes, want to come hang out with you in Australia. <laughs> Please do. That would be fabulous. I know. We'll just dress up like come on down. Okay. I'm I'm coming, coming, coming. Okay, <laughs> listen. So sex in the news. There's other studies. We talked about the clitoris mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, how happy couples deal with mismatched sex drives. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got this this study that came out. Glad we're studying clitorises and, and sex drives. It says how happy couples deal with mismatched sex drives. So mismatched libidos. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's probably people come to you all the time. Very, very common. Yeah. Right? Like, But here's the thing. I hate to say it's a problem. Like, who wants everything? You're not hungry the same time as your partner. Mm-hmm. You don't always want to watch the same TV shows. Why would you want to have sex at the same time that always for the, all the times yeah. years you're together? Yeah. Anyway, so they did the study and and we'll get through them and they give tips and how to keep, and I wanted to discuss them with mm. you. But it says um, the interesting thing they found in this study was having sex less often wasn't linked to lower levels of relationship or partner satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So, Earlier, you were saying people want to know how many times a week is normal. And yeah. I'm always saying, I'll never give you a number. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to trap you in. But what the study Same. says, though, is that like, this is not necessarily about the number of times a week you're having sex mm-hmm. that makes them happy. Mm. So they talked about some things in here that like that does work for couples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's see what they say. So mm-hmm. they say, if you laugh a lot. Again, you know, we probably could have done the study, but if you laugh, happy couples, uh, sex is really important. But it, in happy couples, sex was really important, but it wasn't everything. If you're looking at a dip in sex drive, you should, you know, laugh about something together. Just laughing. Yeah. Look, I mean, and I think that's that thing where, you know, re- love and sex are not the same thing. No. So you can have a really happy relationship and have not much sex in it. Or you can have a relationship that is based on lots and lots of you know, frequency of sex because you're wanting to be normal or whatever your motivation is um, and be resentful and grouchy about it. Exactly. You know? So bigger is not always better and frequency is not necessarily to be confused with the quality of quality, the sex. Exactly. You know? It's more about the quality yeah. than the quantity when mm-hmm. it comes to sex and what works for you and your part. If it's, you guys are happy mm. with once a week, whenever the number yeah, exactly. is. exactly. Great. If exactly. there's no problem, there's no problem. 
Exactly. Why are we trying to create a problem? That, and Relax. Like, I think it's a lot of this is Chill out, everyone. just being made up, you know, that we're supposed to be doing it this many times a week or this many times a month. And there's no question about, well, what's it? Who's doing what to whom? Right, and right. Who Who's benefits those people? from it? Like, right, you know, what's, exactly. What, what are we doing here? Are right. we trying to connect? Are we trying to have a good time? Are we trying to come? Like, what, you know, if you really need to have an orgasm, just masturbate. Right. Problem solved. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's what and then you said. That's why you help couples too. You help yeah. them realize like, what, why do you want to have sex? Why exactly. are you even doing it? Which is yeah. such a good way to put it. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is your purpose of yeah. it? Is it to like check off the list? Right. Yeah. Okay. So the other um, happy things that happy couples, uh, how they deal with this mismatch sex drive is that they, they date. It says date her. Plan, but or date him too. Plan mm-hmm. date nights, weekend trips, even an amazing evening walk with your partner. Non-sexual closeness is important too. So that's also helping to build intimacy, yeah, which that, is so true. Like, yeah. keep that romance. I mean, get, get away, go out of town, even Not if it's taking night. your partner for granted, right. putting in the effort as you would with any like and I think one of the things that we forget too is that relationships are alive they're not monoliths they're not static they need nourishment and if you don't nourish a relationship like a child or a pet or a plant it needs nourishment it's something that lives with you um if you don't nourish it it's gonna it's gonna perish it's gonna die so true so if you don't invest in your relationship with in the form of attention and energy it's going to die also. So this whole thing that, you know, we love each other and we made our commitment and we, you know, that's it, we're done now. It's like, no, you've right. got to keep exactly. investing time and effort and energy. Right. It's almost like they signed, I was thinking of like signing a car lease. Like you sign a car lease and like every, you know, at least you have to go for your, I just had to go for my checkup for one yeah. year. Like they made me go. Like Minnie was like, I have a Minnie Cooper and the lights were going off. I had to go. But in <laughs> relationships, you sign that you get married and no one's like, until there's a crisis and it's on fire, yeah. people aren't thinking they have to maintain it mm-hmm, and work on it. Mm-hmm. That it's literally magic. We got married and we made the commitment. And so that's it. I, yeah. It's like a once only it's thing. So not. No, not at all. Okay, um, have a sex bed. Have a separate bed, I guess, if you can, if you don't mm-hmm. live in a studio, but uh, kids falling asleep in the bed or a partner snoring were listed as some of the common barriers to a bustling sex life. So mm-hmm. have separate beds. Have yeah. separate beds, sleep in separate places. I think separate homes sounds delightful. Yeah. Are you married? Are you in a relationship? Are you? No. Okay. No and no. Okay. No. Yeah. Me neither. But no. I'm like, if I was, I would not want them, want them yeah. sleeping over in my house. I mean, I would. I wouldn't want to share mm. a home. I don't think. But I think, look, some <laughs> of the most successful day. relationships <laughs> totally. that I've seen at, through my work are couples who uh, they don't live in the same house, and a lot of them don't live in the same city. Right. Because you, you need that space and yeah. that helps to create and that the... Intensifies the, the eroticism the as eroticism. well because you've got exactly. something to look forward to. Right. You, get, you create that longing again. And it's like, I'm not going to see you for two weeks and I can't wait to see you and it's going to be really exciting. And that, in you know, you can keep the thing going with sexy texts and all that kind of stuff. Right. Whereas if you're seeing each other morning, noon, night, or you're seeing each other every day and, you know, you're smelling each other's farts and all uh, that stuff. It's just not very sexy right, anymore. Exactly. Right? It's so, so not. It is, there's, like, shut the bathroom door at least. Really? Everyone can so. do that. You can shut the bathroom door and maybe fart in the closet. Just, you could do that. Just manners. You can try. Right, exactly. No. I'm big on manners. I know. It's true. I So, okay, so here's my question for you, though. What are some of the um then the unique ways that you think have helped couples because I know that there's probably a lot of people listening going like what am I supposed to do we don't have this extra bedroom yeah, exactly. we've got kids you know we both work a lot we we share a bed for now we've got everything planned we can't leave town how would you they're going well, how can I get the space Emily they're listening going what do we yeah. do look it's really difficult it's really really difficult if you don't have 
the you know access to such resources where you've got time or babysitters or space away it can be really really difficult and um it really i guess it really comes down to then making your sex nights or your date days or whatever they are um making them a priority where you can and if you can get kids to go off with grandma or aunt and uncle and or just i guess to seize any opportunity and also to remember that whole idea about the bus stop that if it comes to your you know date night and you're not in the mood that sometimes waiting for the mood to be the thing that motivates you to get into sex is not going to be the thing and that once you start then the arousal comes then the mood comes and then you're like you know 20 minutes in you're like actually this is this is great it's a little bit like waking up on a cold morning and going to the gym and you look outside and you think oh I really don't want to do this but you make yourself go and once you're there then the endorphins are kicking in and you're like yeah Exactly. And I'm really glad I'm here now, but it took me 30 minutes to get exactly. into it. You know? That's what I always And sometimes sex is going to be like that. And it's not very, you know, it's not very pretty and it's not very romantic and it's certainly not very rom com y, but it's just how it is. It's you know? true. It's yeah. I, I use the same gym analogy. I'm like, you're yeah. n- and you're never going to regret it. Like, you might, the hardest part of it is getting out the door, mm-hmm. getting your shoes tied. Getting your shoes tied, but getting your shoes on. Well, that is that finding is your, for me. It's finding my shoe. Um, one's in the car, one's you know under my bed. But the thing is, is that um, I feel like yeah, you're not going to regret it. No one ever says why to go to the gym or why to have sex, right? Like mm-hmm. you're going to be happy that you did it. You got to get started, but you got to make that connection that it, you got to like force yourself to do it. But here's the interesting thing: I was thinking about so many couples who don't, you know, I get it. You don't have the resources. You don't have the kit. You know, you don't have help but the thing is if it's a priority going into the relationship yeah you have enough money probably to do you know enough resources to maybe i don't know eat out a few times or whatever you budget your money you i think there needs to be part of that or your time your resources which is money time Mm -hmm. other things Mm -hmm. like that towards a relationship like we need to this date night is a requirement so whatever we have to do to get a babysitter, to get the help, to get somebody or to wake up an hour earlier and have yeah. sex. I mean, it has to be the priority because yeah. this is, you will if have If it is problem. something that you want, right. you do have to put in the effort to make it right. happen. And and, want, right. Yeah, and I guess one of those things too is that a lot of folks are tired at night and they sort of think, you know, it gets to date night, night and they're tired. And so to remember that sex doesn't have to happen at night. It can happen on a Saturday morning or a Sunday afternoon. And that's often when folks are less anxious because they don't have to go to work. And if they can take the, you know, the kids can go away for sports classes or whatever they can do in the afternoons. And then you've got a window of two or three hours to drop the kids off at basketball and come home and do your business. And you've got energy because it's still the middle of the day. You're not tired and you don't have to go to work and you can focus and spend that time sort of just getting into stuff. And if, again, if it is a priority. Right. We, We all have, right. If you make it a priority, you will. Then you'll start to see the time in the day. You're like, I don't really need to go shopping right now, or mm-hmm. do this thing, mm-hmm. or stare at my Instagram for an hour, or whatever people exactly. are doing yeah, with yeah, their spare yeah. time. You could find the time. Yeah. We all have the same amount mm-hmm. of time in the day. All good points. Um, the next one was just like find, keep your independence. You yeah. know, couples, happy couples, keep their independence. Yeah. Like live apart, mm-hmm. living apart, but together. You know, just. Mm-hmm. Don't give up your life. Keep yeah. your life going and then just be thoughtful. Thoughtful gestures. Yeah, I think that's a really important one is just, yeah, that thoughtfulness. Think about your partner. Yeah, it's true. Being kind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cindy Darnell, this is awesome. Will you help me answer some emails? I'd love to. Okay. So if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, that's awesome. You can now text me your question, which is so easy. Text 797979-ASK-EMILY to 79. Seven nine seven nine. I know it should have been sixty nine, <laughs> but apparently we couldn't get we couldn't get sixty nine. We got seventy nine. That'd be so obvious. But yeah, you guys, you just text 
ask Emily one word and then you get you get the form back and it just you fill it out just like you would on our website. Super easy. You can also submit a question at sexwithemily.com. Click on the Ask Emily tab and also include the information that we need, your gender, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Okay. Hi, Emily. I've been listening to your show for years and love that you bring science and psychology into your answers, not simply a know-it-all attitude. It's pretty refreshing. I was with my partner for almost three years, and we did a fair amount of experimenting to discover our kinks. He continues to be my best friend and is the person I trust most in this world. We have different plans for the future, so there will come a time where I'll start dating someone new, and he's totally cut off. In the meantime, we still get together to play with others. I'm at the point where I can engage in lusty meetups with him, feel totally comfortable with my skin, ask for what I want, and be happy to walk away with a couple of orgasms, or more if I'm lucky. I'm afraid that if I keep engaging in these trysts, I'll end up not going after my potential long-term partner, as I would temporarily be giving up the lifestyle. I still very much enjoy romantic vanilla sex, but I need to unleash the beast sometimes. I'm just getting started on rigging and don't want to give it up before I've seen where it can take me. Do you have any ideas for how I could possibly find a balance while being ready to receive Mr. Right for me? Thanks in advance, Emily, 33, Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm seeing here like she did. Doesn't need to. Ch- I feel like Emily, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself here to like choose where you mm. want to go and what kind of sex you want. It sounds like that thing I was saying before about the being normal in right. contrast with being content. Like if maybe her Mister Right is going to be a guy who's up for all these things. Sounds like it should be if this is the track that you're. Uh, absolutely. Don't want to say shoulds, but right. I feel like it does. She sounds like she knows what she likes, which I love. And yet there's that, that thing of, you know, I can't have this full time because I have to, I have to get a long-term partner. So that's the, the distinction between that. I have to be normal in contrast with what makes me happy. Right. Right. Cause they don't, we don't. And see I wonder a lot of, why those need to be separate for her. If, the, if she were here, that's what I'd say. Right. You'd say, why exactly? Yeah. You'd say, why does that need to be separate that you, yeah, like you need to cut off all this sexual enjoyment that you're having yeah. filming right now to find Mr. Right. So you could a great go, time. Yeah. I don't so, understand. Yeah, mm. Emily, this is, a, this is such a perfect example. You're yeah. right. Of this restriction. Mm. You know, I feel like you could find someone that you want doing what you want. What you I want think Mr. right Perfect now. Perfect would be a guy who'd be up for that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, because then you're just going to want this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of people who think they have to stop to have the kid and have the family when that's not even really what they want. Because yeah. we don't see a lot of great examples of alternative relationships working. Exactly. Alternative. Yeah. But, or even women who choose to not have children. Right. Um, being celebrated in our cultures and societies. We need to it's celebrate that. How can we do that? Considered. How are you guys doing in Australia with that? Here, I feel like I'm just. We're not work- doing so well with it. Right. We still struggle with it's that not too. easy i'm just like my body never spoke to me in that i never said you should have a child. Mm-hmm. It just it was never yeah. the goal like yeah. this is my baby my friend you know mm-hmm. taking care of friends family mm-hmm. like the show but yeah it's fine like yeah, we're not yeah. doing anything wrong i know that's another show. It is another show okay so emily you're fine i feel like i love that you're thinking through all this stuff and it's great that you emailed because i feel like first of all you're so ahead of the game emily that you she's 33 all these things that you love and you're finding them and you're asking for what you want i think it's now time to think about really stop and picture like what do you want out of a relationship mm-hmm. how do you picture it going down mm-hmm. and like really be true to yourself and you'll find that partner yeah. doesn't have to be vanilla hi emily i'm a 32 year old guy from aberdeen scotland my girlfriend is 26 we've been together for six years and i know i want to marry her When we have sex, it's fantastic. Honestly, I feel that deep connection every time. Recently, we haven't had sex as much due to life, work, stress, just being busy. I'm writing because I just did something I feel terrible about. 
I'm actually on a bus home to the house that I share with my girlfriend. I'm distraught, to be honest. I've just paid for sex with a stranger who I found advertising services online. And for whatever reason, I found myself going through with it. I felt a little horny this morning, so I put on some porn and began masturbating. The porn wasn't doing it for me. Out of curiosity, I clicked one of the Meet Locals ads. I found myself signing up, contacting a girl. Then I only thought about masturbation and did masturbate because I was still turned on by this whole experience. However, after a quick shower, I still felt turned on. The next thing I knew, I messaged the girl who was in a taxi at her flat, then in her bed. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but this haze just came over me and I felt like I was just following my penis's orders. Lame, I know. The sex was just terrible, as if that even matters. Emily, I have tears in my eyes as I write this. I feel completely overwhelmed with guilt. I know telling her would destroy her and I want to avoid hurting her at all costs. I've never cheated before. I feel so awful for doing so. I don't want to lose who I consider to be the girl of my dreams. I should mention... I suffer from manic depression and I'm bipolar and I have self-destructive tendencies, which until now I've been dealing with. Could my mental health be a factor in this shitty thing I've done? How can I get past this? Thanks for your time, Charlie 32, Scotland. Hmm. I know. I, my heart went out to him and then I saw the part about his you know, mental, he's had some challenges yeah. and I think he's got to get his mental health in order. Absolutely. For sure. So sometimes what can happen is when we engage in sexual activities that later on we think oh gosh I shouldn't have done that um, it can sometimes be like sex can sometimes be the symptom what can actually be sitting underneath it is some unaddressed mental health things anxiety disorders and things like that so having uh, somebody that you can work through your mental health issues with your anxiety issues with can be really helpful in order to manage what is going to be the impetus for you to go and sort of engage in out of control sexual behavior that makes you feel shitty about yourself that it's not the sex that's making you necessarily do these things it's unmanaged untreated untreated, um emotional situations anxiety situations which with an open-minded helpful therapist can be i don't want to say easy to manage but certainly can be managed right yeah, I think that that's got to be, um, you said that you've been handling it for a while and now you're not. So I think that, yeah, I think the first yeah. thing, go, go go see a great therapist that you connect with and, and, and check in on this. But I don't think mm. that you need to tell your girlfriend. No, I would say that too. I, Do not tell her girlfriend. Mm. And I just like, after one time cheating, I mean... What's well, that's your the thing. It, that? it can really, it can be, you know, a relief for the guilt. Sometimes it can be a bit of a pressure valve to be able to to say that sort of thing. Um, but sometimes it can actually cause more damage than it's worth right. in a relationship that's otherwise really, really great. Right. Depends also on the kind of relationship. Depends if she's open. Like if she would hear something like that, how she would respond. I don't know her. He knows her better. And and his guilt feeling about it he's recognizing that yeah he was feeling horny but that really was probably not the motivator because you know we all feel horny and right. managed to kind of keep like ourselves under control, control. it was yeah. like to, yeah so. so horniness is not an excuse for doing stuff that that sits in contrast with your values so that's where i think looking right. therapeutically is going to be much more helpful to him absolutely i i would say do not pass go right mm. to therapy and um Thank you, Charlie, for sharing this with me. My heart goes out to you. I picture him like crying on the on the bus. Yeah. So just get some help there. Hi, Emily. I just started listening to your podcast way late to the game. My wife and I have been married for seven years and have two beautiful children. However, I think we would both agree that our sex life is not ideal. I'm the type that would have sex three times a day, every day, where she's happy if it's once a month. 
I think she's open to trying new things such as toys, etc. However, I don't think she wants to invest in a couple's toy due to the cost. Do you have any recommendations for a lower cost toy that we can use together or any other suggestions to help spark up our bedroom time? Thanks so much. I enjoy listening to your podcast, Adam32, Southern California. So this is what we're talking about. Mm. This is not a problem. This is your life. This is what happens in relationships. Yeah, it really is. So, um, you know, it's not wrong that you don't want sex at the same time. And it could also be, I think, let's see, Sig, the way he's talking about it with her too. I'm wondering like... um, you know, I just wonder sometimes how when couples have these problems and they want to start addressing like, we're not having sex and yeah. they so get into that thing. So what's he saying? He wants it three times a day yeah. and she wants it what? Once a week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess a question that he could ask is what kind of sex does she enjoy? And, mm. you know, for him, that three Such times a, good- a week thing, uh, sorry, three times a day thing is, you know, if it's that important to him to just have that release, then he can manage that by himself, that he doesn't necessarily need to include her in that, especially if she doesn't want to be there. Um, that again, if he wanted to engage her in sex a bit more, checking out what it is that actually she enjoys about sex and offering her more of that right? rather than thinking about, you know, I want this, I want this. Think about, you know, just to flip the narrative around a bit and go, well, what are you offering her? How could you coax her into your world a little bit more? If frequency is that important to you, find out what she likes and offer her that. See, see that's see amazing. If that I love things. it. That's amazing point because I think that in relationships, guys are and women, we're often trying to figure out what, what can we get. What mm. are we not getting? Why are my needs met? But it's just like giving back, yeah. just like what the entire universe is about: having yeah. gratitude and giving back to your partner, finding out what she likes would come back to you know mm-hmm. and 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 serve you both. That can be a yeah, really helpful Adam, thing to flip it and go, what yeah. am I offering rather than what so can I get? If they were in your office, Cindy Darnell, mm-hmm. and they were like, she was like, I don't know what I like. I just. I once I just like when he's on top. What? What do you mean? Like, what? What do you? How do you work with couples? Like, let's say she, she doesn't know. Yeah. Well, it's actually really common for a lot of women to not know right. what they like, which is again what happens when you know we don't have adequate sex education. That a lot of women don't get to do that inquiry about what do I like, what turns me on, what do I need, and I really encourage them to slow things down and practice touching different parts of themselves or getting their partner to touch different parts for extended periods of time. One of the things that we need to do is not rush. But what can happen when we slow things down is it gives more room for anxiety to manifest. And that can really throw people off course Mm. because it's like, quick, 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 get it done, get it done. I just want you to stick it in and get it over with because then I can go about my business and do whatever it is I have to do for the rest of the day. And so the, that what happens then with the slowing down thing is boom, anxiety goes up. And so we have to find ways of being able to sit with that discomfort and not give ourselves over to it and have it ruin the erotic connection. Right. That sometimes that can actually be the inspiration, keeping ourselves focused, keeping our minds on the job, and it goes right back to why am I doing this in the first place. Right. So if any uncomfortable emotions come up that are like, quick, 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 I just want this over with because I don't want to slow down and I don't spend, want to have intimacy yeah, and I don't want breath. This. And, right. You know, yeah, no, and so if you do just want to have fast, dirty sex, that's fine. Like, you know, I'm, I'm all for all kinds of sex, but recognize that if fast, dirty sex is not doing it for you and you want something different, recognize that slowing down is going to be the, the key to finding out what it is that you like. And in that slowing down process, you might experience emotional shifts that you have not yeah. encountered before. I love it. And that is okay. Right. God, I love it. I think all so much sex is about slowing down. Just getting it over with mm-hmm. is just uh, the thought of like, just yeah. rip your clothes off. You're not turned on yet. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Go five times slower than you think you should, everyone. <laughs> Cindy, that was 
great advice. Slow down. And I'm actually, we're not going to talk about sex toys. I think that we got some good advice here is to slow down, reconnect mm-hmm. with her, find out if she wants sex toys. Yeah, because if she's not interested in sex toys or she's, you know, depending on what kind of sex toys, maybe she wants you to go down on her. Maybe she wants to hang out with you in the shower. Maybe she wants to, you know, just spend a whole night massaging together right. all these kinds of things we don't know what she wants right so di- diverting to a sex toy is kind of like you know diverting the elephant in the yeah, room there's exactly. something going on it's not necessarily a bad thing but i think you know he needs to activate his curiosity right. i love it and get curious about it rather than you know buying toys necessarily right. and you guys know how i feel about toys i'm not going to give you a toy right now i'm not going to give you a suggestion Okay, hey Emily, I've been listening to your podcast for the last four months and it really helped me change my perspective on sex. I've done my spring cleaning, releasing old baggage. We had a spring cleaning around here to everyone to release all their issues. Sometimes it takes two months. Uh, (laughs) Invested in more lube and encourage others to listen to your advice. So here's the thing. I've referred back to some of your old podcasts and understand what you're saying about orgasms. But I'm having a hard time with my orgasm. I'm beginning to believe it doesn't exist. Mm. I've had a few sexual partners and tried masturbating, but I still can't reach the big O. Am I just not in the right mood? Could I possibly not have a sex drive at all? I've tried reaching an orgasm for the last three years with no results. Practice makes perfect. So how long did it take you or other members of your team to find your orgasm? Thank you for your advice in advance. Sincerely, Karina23 in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Karina, I get it, honey. It takes some time. It, it really does. does. It, and I'm not going to give you a number. I'm not going to give you how many weeks. Mm-hmm. But it is going to take an effort. And so, and, and and when you say you've tried over the last few years, like mm. a few times, you sit down and try to masturbate. Yeah. I mean, it's, and what has she tried? Right. Exactly. So do you get women who come to you and they're lots, like... Lots, okay, lots and so, lots and so lots. So it's really, really common. I love that you're here. And the first thing is, again, because we can get really caught up in, in the result being a certain way. And I understand for her that she's been trying for years. But um, sometimes it can take an hour, two hours, depending on what's going on for a full arousal she's to happen. She's never ever had. Oh, right. For no, arousal not, happen. Yeah, Got for it. a full arousal oh, to happen. Okay. So if she is, you know, because sometimes I'll say to women who struggle with orgasms, you know, when you're masturbating, how long do you masturbate for? And they might say like 10 or 15 minutes and then they'll stop. And I say, why do you stop? And they're like, I'm bored. My mind is wandering. I'm, you know, they get frustrated. They get angry with themselves and it's just like, oh, this isn't going to work. I'm, I give up. So that could be happening and it might be the difference between, you know, spending that 15 minutes and spending 45 minutes. And again, that that imp- the focus on curiosity has to be there, that if it's very goal-oriented, if it's, you know, I need for it to happen and I need for it to look a certain way and it's not happening, it could be because our minds can wander, our minds can start telling us all kinds of unhelpful stuff about, oh, you're doing it wrong, this is stupid, you're, not, you're stupid – those sorts of things that our, that our chattering mind can say to us that take us away from what we're supposed to be doing, which is feeling the pleasure and staying focused and staying present. A lot of us, especially women, have a really hard time staying present during any kind of sex, especially masturbation, mm-hmm. because they're worrying about how long it's going to take. Are they doing it right? When is it going to happen? Maybe my pussy's not normal. All this kind of stuff that actually makes the whole problem worse. Exactly. I was going to say those are all good points because I think that they think it's going to happen after 10 minutes. It's just going to, yeah, ex- 
touching yourself doesn't feel that good. She might be just going right. Like, I'm not sure. It sounds like you've been listening to the show for a while, Karina, but just going right for your clitoris and starting. Like, mm-hmm. that's not going to do yeah. it. It's like setting the mood. And I've talked about this a lot on the show. I mean, I love hearing your perspective as well, Sydney, because, I mean, it's it's just the the process, taking the time and thinking mm-hmm. about could be reading erotica, like you might need to feed her mind a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. And noticing uh, like different porn. stages in her right. menstrual cycle. So often, you know, that time when we're in ovulation can be a time where the orgasm is going to be much more robust and stronger if they are going to be present. That could be a helpful thing for her mm-hmm. to find out when she's ovulating. If she's taking any kind of hormonally based contraceptive, that could exactly. be um, interfering. Antidepressants. I was mm. going to say that too. If you're on any medication, Karina, that could also be it. But I just think it's... um. That, you know, I, I I had a friend in college, she went away, she had an internship and for like a month in Colorado and she was like working at some school or something, not in, she wasn't doing this in the school, this part of the story. She said, you know, every night she would come home and she's like, I, I've never had orgasm and I'm going to, we were like seniors, about to be seniors and she said, I'm just going to try. And so for, she was there for like a month and she said every night for like an hour, she stayed in her room and she just kept trying to find it like with her fingers. She's like, it didn't happen. And like, it, she just made herself do it. And finally it was like the third week you know, of the month that she'd been trying and she finally like, had, mm-hmm. but that was like a lot, like I think it was like an hour or two nights she was like doing it and she yeah. didn't stop it. It's like, you have, it's like that kind of drive, but don't put, if you could do that drive and that intensity and that passion for finding your orgasm without all the negative self-talk and without all the limits on like when it should happen, it might take you like months. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it can be a very like enjoyable process if you're just like, curious Mm -hmm. about you know hmm how does it feel when I you know it's not just going for your putting your fingers inside you but how does it feel when you like rub your fingers lately over your own body over your nipples over your you know even like the inside of your elbow your arms you know using lube is Mm -hmm. important I mean just Mm -hmm. start to just get curious and and feel the sensations like getting a massage you know and not not have that goal but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you a number here Karina we're not gonna tell you how long but I feel like you do have the determination and you do have the passion Karina so I think you just need to Go easy on yourself and give it a little bit more yeah. time. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. I think we all beat ourselves mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I'm not beating myself up now because you've been here and I'm really happy having you here on the show. I'm really Maybe happy that leave, I'm here too. Because I'll be like, why'd she leave? And oh, I'll be sad. I'll come back another time. Promise? This I was awesome. This was, a, this was so wonderful having you here. Oh, I so you. appreciate your time. And you're doing amazing work. And people can come. They can come see you. Tell us about in New York. Yeah. So 16, June 16 to June 18. Um, it's a two and a half day couples workshop called Sacred Sexuality. And you can get information about that on the Omega Institute website or on my website, cindydarnell.com. And then your video series, The Atlas of Erotic Anatomy and Arousal. Mm-hmm. I can't watch the videos, you guys, because you have to subscribe. You have to... Which they're totally them off worth it because website, if they're as yeah. brilliant, you buy get it on the website, and I know they are because I've heard about them. Mm-hmm. But the freaking names, we were <laughs> dying. Okay, where? Okay, the penis mightier than the sword, vulva palooza. Hi, why do we have those t-shirts? Squirts and gushes. There she blows. Like, do you just sit around? Right, and then, but B U T T. That's not all. I love it, and I'm sure they're amazing videos. Great, educational, informative, and like you are. And then also, what else do I want to tell people about you? Um, oh, on your website, so you see, and you can also see people through Skype. Yeah, correct. Yep. So, so I see clients. You don't have to go Skype. to Australia no, necessarily. You, you do not, which is amazing. You really I'm don't. Sure you're, you're, yeah. you're, and the time difference between the U.S. and Australia actually works out quite well. So it's not too much of a pain in the neck to organize it. Okay. So they can mm-hmm. find you at Cindy Darnell. Mm-hmm. Um, C-Y-N-D-I. Yeah, like Lopa. D-A-R. 
N E L L. Exactly. I love it. Uh, it's on the website. Thank you for being here. And um, thank you, everybody, for being here and listening to the show and um, for supporting the show. I just love you all. Thanks for listening. Was it good for you? Email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. You know what's better than hot, sweaty summer sex? Jumping in the shower together and continuing the fun as you clean up. I know what you're thinking. Shower sex sounds good in theory, but you need the balance of an Olympic gymnast to get the job done. Wrong. My friends at Sports Sheets have solved everything with their sex in the shower collection. I'm obsessed. It all starts with their suction mount handles, footrests, and restraints. You just suction them to your shower wall and you hang on. No more acrobatics, no more crashing on the floor. While you're in there, grab Sports Sheets Waterproof Massager or my absolute favorite, the Vibrating Mesh Sponge. Yep, it's like your normal loofah, but has a vibrator tucked into it. Can you say genius? It is so cool. To see all this and more, check out the Sex in the Shower line at sportsheets.com slash Emily or click on the Sports Sheets banner on my site.